Welcome to the Deep Dive, Emerald City Hockey's Seattle Kraken podcast. All right, RJ, here we are, ready to record another episode of the Deep Dive podcast, basking in the glow of another Game 7 Round 1 playoff exit for the Toronto Maple Leafs. There's just no better time in hockey for me, anyway, than than days like today. Yep, it's an annual tradition now. It's been going five years running. Uh, you know it's coming like clockwork every year, and uh, just got to sit back and enjoy it. Yeah, and you know, apologies Leafs fans, I understand it's difficult, but also at the same time, you can hang your hat on on being the first team ever to lose five straight you know, series deciding games and to just add that, you know, first round exit cherry on top to that. Like that's, that's something that's potentially never going to happen again. So, you know, be happy you were there to see it. Yep. Tough to do. (laughs) All right. So now that we've got the comment section, just filled with tons and tons of comments, RJ, we can move on to the actual (laughs) topic of today, which is the expansion draft redraft. Uh, We'll go back and we'll look at the Seattle Kraken's expansion draft and see, you know, hindsight being what it is, would we have changed anything? Should Ron Francis have gone in different directions? Obviously, at the time, everybody had their own thoughts and opinions on things. Uh, Apparently, upon looking back at it, I was very, uh, you know, great in in forethought. (laughs) Yeah, and I'll point out some moments there, yep. Um, But... You know, I, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see this because it did seem like in the lead up to this, like obviously everybody I think at this point knows you've been really excited to do this. I'm more of the, you know, it's in the past, like let's focus on the future kind of thing. And it does seem like the fan base is very kind of split on this. Like people are really still into talking about this and then other people are, are not. So I'm, I'm going to be interested to see everybody's thoughts as we do this. Me too, and I'm sure if that intro didn't fill up the comment section enough, what we're about to say is going to fill it up even more, Uh, because you're right, I think people are split on this. I've gotten a lot of requests to do an expansion Mm -hmm. draft, redraft. I've gotten a lot of people very adamant about, don't do that, you know, just leave the past in the past. And I do want to just clarify too, this is just a fun exercise. This is not about throwing a lot of criticism on Ron Francis based on a year's worth of hindsight that of course he couldn't have had. Uh, it's just a fun exercise to kind of see, Oh, knowing what we know now, what would we have done? Exactly. It's, it's going to be interesting. All right, RJ. So real quick, before we get into the much anticipated, um, redraft, Seattle Kraken expansion draft redraft, got to mention the big Kraken news of this week, which was the draft lottery occurred. And we now know where the Kraken will be picking in the first round. And that spot will be, fourth overall that's right and it was the most likely potential option a little over 40 percent chance that the kraken gonna end up with the fourth overall pick so i guess not too disappointing uh not great either you know it's more or less what we could have expected yeah um we've talked about it a lot with a lot of people on live streams that kind of stuff twitter a little bit um I think there's a good top five for this draft, so I'm okay, you know, as long staying in the top five, which we knew was going to happen. But at least at four, you've got your choice out of two of them. <laughs> yep, that's you're, basically how it's going to work out. You're not completely stuck just taking whoever's left for you. Uh, so, so I'm okay with that. Um, I think we can wait and debate everything as it gets closer to the draft, as far as who they should take all that stuff, you and I still looking at all the prospects and all that kind of stuff. So we'll save that discussion for later and go ahead and jump into our main topic for this podcast. 
So <laughs> kicking off the deep dive into this expansion draft redraft, RJ, we'll, we'll go, you know, in, in the order all things should when it comes to the NHL. We'll start with the Anaheim Ducks kicking us off as we go alphabetical here by location. Um, what, what do you have them doing in this? So I do have them making a different pick than what they, they did originally. I have the Kraken taking Kevin Shattenkirk. Okay, well, I was going to uh, say, let's start off with their original pick. I guess that's how we should probably do Yeah, this. let's do Just that. So the, the Kraken, yeah, to remind everyone, Kraken took Hayden Flurry from the Anaheim Ducks, a pick that you and I both liked at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and it made a lot of sense. But with the benefit of hindsight, I would go with a different defenseman. I'd go with Kevin Shattenkirk. Um, a little bit more expensive at 3.9 mil, the cap hit, more of a veteran defenseman. But I think you look at what the Kraken needed this season and, and a veteran right-handed defenseman uh, would go a long way for them. Another option I saw was Sonny Milano, who did great for the Ducks. And if you could replicate with that, that with the Kraken, I think it might be a better pick. But I just don't think his season happens without being paired with Trevor Zegras. <laughs> I think it's just a totally different situation. Yeah, I agree. I I still look at this duck situation based on who they had available and yeah Sonny Milano is really the only forward that kind of you know jumps out at you uh I still think defense was the way to go I you know still think at for the time Hayden Fleury he did make the most sense you're talking about RFA guy cheap affordable contracts shown plenty of flashes in the past made a lot of sense to go with Hayden Fleury but yes hindsight being what it what it was didn't quite work out I'd probably then just go and roll the dice on Jacob Larson and just be like, let's let's try that RFA, you know, uh, who's kind of stuck behind all these guys in, in Anaheim instead and, and, and go that route. But I think Shattenkirk is an interesting one. Are you, I mean, he's got too many years left on that contract to think that you can flip him that first year if things go sideways. Right, because he did have two years at the time, so he's got one uh, beyond this season. But he's one of the guys, because you'll see, I end up drafting a lot of defensemen. I kind of treat this like a collection of assets rather than a team. Uh, and the plan is to flip a lot of the defensemen, but he's one I could actually see hanging on to. I think he'd bring good veteran leadership in the room, and I, I just like that steady presence on the blue line. I liked what I saw from him on the Ducks this year. Yeah, and, you know, could help a power play, probably. Yep. Exactly. Just something to think about if the you know the Seattle Kraken ever run into problems with with that at all. Um, all right, so that one was pretty simple. Like I said, not not too many names there. Uh, as we go into Arizona, however, things mm -hmm. things get a little bit more all over the place. Yeah, they do. I mean, I, the original pick uh, was Tyler Pitlick, um, and uh, they flipped him for a fourth round pick right away so they essentially drafted a fourth round pick um but you look at the different players on arizona and i do think there were some better options with hindsight of course mm -hmm. um you know and and i would end up going with um Ilya labushkin mm -hmm. and he's another guy who you could flip potentially as a defenseman uh you look at pitlick going for a fourth labushkin ended up going um for a conditional second at the trade deadline this year um 
it was either a third in 2023 or a second in 2025. It was a weird condition on the pick, but maybe a little more value there. And also, I just like what he brings to a blue line. He's someone that maybe you can consider hanging on to, depending how you want to craft your defense core. But I like what he does defensively. Now, there was one other name that at the time, because I went back and watched the video where we uh, were talking after the protection list came out about who we would take. And you you had some good moments, as I said, uh, where you were talking about, you know, Pitlick was a would be a fine pick. But the name you brought up was Michael Bunting. Now, he was a UFA. You would have to go negotiate a contract with him. But he is someone that stood out to you. And uh, given his results this season, I, I think you were probably right in that call. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's just a guy who scores goals. Like, that's all you can really say about him. And like, at the end of the day, isn't that the object of the game? Uh, I'm pretty sure it is. So yeah, I liked Michael Bunting. And realistically, yes, going to be a UFA. You got to negotiate with him. But like, he didn't have a ton of prospects coming out of Arizona there. Like, he wasn't going to cost a lot to negotiate as a UFA. You know what I mean? Like, I would feel very comfortable with a player in that position being able to be like, hey, we're going to guarantee a top six role. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. And, yep. you know, you sign here, we'll give you a show me contract even, like a two-year bridge kind of thing. And I think you could get something done there. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what he was looking at in Toronto. They gave him opportunity. Yep. Um, exactly. So I think you could compete with that. And I, and I want to say going forward, we're not just going to go through all the UFAs of like, oh, you should have signed, uh, you know, Landeskog and all these yeah. top guys. You know, we're going to try and deal in reality here. But I think bunting is one they they potentially could have gotten. Yeah. And again, you're talking about you're, you're drafting a player from 30 teams and your roster is only going to be 22, 23 people. So, you know, you have some wiggle room there to take a flyer on one or two of these kind of mid-range ufa guys and if one or two doesn't sign with you it's not the end of the world exactly so that's that's my thinking yes i you know hindsight being what it is bunting probably you know good pick there but i like the labushkin pick too yep all right boston this one there's some there's some names there that were available yeah. yeah no definitely i mean it wasn't an obvious pick at the time i, I know we liked uh, the pick that the Kraken made, uh, which was Jeremy Lausanne <laughs> at the time there. Yeah. Um, but you, you've got some other names, too. Um, a lot of, like, free agents at Ford. You've got uh, Andre Kasha as an RFA. I mean, um, Sean, actually, Sean Corrales was a UFA. But I know you've got your boy Curtis Lazar. Yep, some names. Oh boy. But you know what? I would actually stick with this pick. I wouldn't change anything. I would still okay. draft Jeremy Lausanne. And that's just because of the return at the trade deadline. He had that kind of value. He ended up going for a mid-second, 49th overall pick. Uh, and that's still valuable to me. And probably had that value all along, given that he went for that after the season that he just had. I can't mm. imagine that this past season raised his trade value that much. Um, so I'll, I'll take the second round pick worthy asset. Yeah, I, I think it's hard to argue with that, given what we know the Kraken were able to do with Jeremy Lazon, um, in spite of you know his performance with the team. Uh, yep. That being said, I, st I, I still want to go in the direction of either an Andre Kasha or a Nick Ritchie. And you roll the dice with one of those guys, and again, give them a little bit more playing time, maybe than they're used to, than they were seeing in Boston. See if one of them blossoms into an asset that you could flip for a second round pick, because I think that they're basically there too, from a value standpoint. I know defensemen can sometimes go for a little bit more there, 
But at the same time, we've seen both of those players be guys that definitely have value come trade deadline time. And uh, especially if, if they're coming off a hot season, you know, it's, it's good value for, for a power forward in Richie or uh, kind of a do-it-all guy in Kasha. Yeah, if you think you can get those guys to work, and certainly forwards in this expansion draft exercise, probably have a little bit more value. Um, in our timeline, in, in real life, uh, Nick Ritchie was waived by the Maple Leafs, um, yeah. so the value didn't exactly pan out there, but it could be different if he gets more opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I would lean Kasha anyway. Like I think he's just yeah. a better overall player. <laughs> he's more valuable. Think of what Carson Kuhlman ended up being for the Kraken, right? Like you could have just had that all season there, or Colin Blackwell. That's that's Andre Kasha. Yeah, pair him with Yanni Gord. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you'd have something there. So, um, but but again, yeah, it's hard to argue with what ended up um, how the how the Kraken ultimately ended up benefiting from the Lazon pick. It's hard to argue with for sure. Yeah, Buffalo. It's it's <laughs> uh, it's a situation. It's a team. Yeah, it is. It sure is. They're hardly anyone really uh, that stood out to me and for that reason i'd stick with will borgen yeah oh, go i was ahead. just gonna say i was gonna say can i guess your pick i thought you might go goaltender here interesting interesting i mean what you'd have me take Tukarski? yeah okay that that wouldn't be the worst pick um and that's you know not really because i i foresee him as a big part of the goaltending plans uh but no, uh, I, I would go Will Borgen here because I, I you you might be right in predicting this. I get into a situation where I need to pick a third goalie, right? Mm-hmm. And I just need somebody. I need a warm body. And I went with another team that I felt actually had less to offer than Buffalo, if you okay. can believe it. So we'll get there uh, as we go on. But I, I'd still take Will Borgen because, yeah. you know, seeing what we did from him at the end of the season, I think there's still some potential promise there. Uh, he's a guy you can hang on to. And even if he does turn out to be that seventh defenseman that rarely ever plays as, as it happened in our timeline, um, it, it's still a, a fine pickup. You're not tempted by Jeff Skinner knowing that he bounced back. I mean, I always am, but I understand $9 million cap hit is uh, a thing you got to deal with and you'd have to deal with it until 2027. That's what scares me off there. I've always believed in Jeff Skinner. I've always felt that, again, goal scorer scores goals. That's the point of the game. You take guys like that. But uh, that's an expensive one for a long time, and it would limit your ability building the, out the rest of this team and figuring out what identity you want to have. And right. at the expansion knowing, draft, I just don't feel like you want to do that. Exactly. And knowing what we know now, I think there are some better, cheaper options for that as well. Yeah, agreed. So yeah, I, I'm total agreement, Will Borgen, all day, every day. All right. Calgary. RJ, why <laughs> are you going with Milan Lucic? <laughs> yeah, you, you know me well enough to know that's uh, not a direction I would ever go. Um, but this was another one of your really good moments in that video that we did, uh, talking about who we would take, because we, we did both agree that Mark Giordano was kind of the slam dunk pick at the time. Uh, and and it, I think it worked out well. But you did mention another name, and that was Oliver Shillington. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because with Geo, you know what you're getting in Geo. You're getting a guy who could play on your top you know, power play unit. You're getting a guy who's going to bring veteran leadership to your team, which is going to be important. You're getting all that stuff, but we also knew at the time you were getting that for a year at most. And it turned out to be even less than that. 
And so, you know, it's hard to look at someone like Oliver Shillington who can move the puck, play defense well, can be physical, all the stuff that you'd want from a blue liner, RFA, only 24 years old. You can kind of make him a cornerstone of your top four for the next, you know, seven, eight years. It's hard to look at that and not say that's the way to go. And I, and I think based on how he played this year in Calgary, I, I think you'd go back and maybe make that decision. Yep, I certainly would. And that would be my pick here uh, is Oliver Shillington. Uh, looking at it long term, I just think he's more valuable. Uh, and he's certainly someone that you've liked ever since his draft year in 2015. Yeah. So I've been hearing about him uh, from you. And good to see him finally reach his potential uh, in Calgary. But uh, it would be nice if it was with the Kraken. Yeah, it would. It would be it would be fun. That's for sure. No, I uh, I was only making the Lucic joke, RJ, because you know I I know how you are. Be interesting. Does your team hit the cap floor? I'm wondering. Yes, it does. Actually, okay. it 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 definitely does. Um, it's... Oh wow, taking on that Eric Carlson contract later must really. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he wasn't exposed. I know. I can't do that. <laughs> But uh, yes, it's actually it's I made sure to check. It's fully compliant with all the position okay. requirements, the contract requirements and the cap hit. Uh, so actually, it shows it, it does take into account like guys who are UFAs, their past contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little higher than what it would otherwise be. But on cap friendly, it says it comes out to 81 mil. So only half half a million dollars of cap space. It yeah. would in reality it would be more than that, given expiring deals. Yeah. No. All right. I just, I was just curious. I just you know, yep. know how you are. Like you said, you treat them like assets and all that kind of stuff. We're talking about a lot of young guys coming off RFA deals and stuff. You know, they're not it's a good large, question though. Not large cap hits. Just, just thought I'd check in. Um, all right. Carolina hurricanes. This was one of the most talked about teams leading up to the expansion draft as far as where they were going to go. Ultimately they decide on Morgan geeky flashes of that looking like a great decision this year but i think as a whole it's it does bear you know looking at what the other options were right and given that it was such a surprise pick i don't think anyone really saw that coming both of us had jake bean at the time as kind of Mm -hmm. the clear pick since he was exposed and looking back at it now i think there are really kind of two options that stand out to me from carolina and jake bean is one of them Mm -hmm. now jake bean had same amount of goals, more assists than Morgan Geeky this season, despite being a defenseman. Uh, he had some ups and downs with Columbus, but ultimately I thought showed some good growth, played a lot of minutes, uh, and I think probably would have been a better pick. Uh, but then there's also Nino Niederreiter, mm-hmm. uh, someone that we did talk about at the time. Uh, he had one year left on his deal at five point something i forget what it was something that's affordable obviously to, to what the kraken had last season five two but five five two five yep and ended up scoring 24 goals mm-hmm. and he's currently playing in the playoffs right now on on the uh third line on that jordan stall line doing a good job there contributing some offense along the way uh, and i think he would have been a good winger option for the kraken to have if just for one season and then if things don't go well I think he'd be a very valuable chip at the trade deadline. We don't know what he would have gone for because the Hurricanes are not in a position to move him, but I think he could have gotten a good return there too. A thousand percent agree. He was the name that, looking back at it, uh, jumped off the page to me, was, yes, you're absorbing that contract, but like you said, that is a player that can be you know kind of all offense if you need him to. He can be more two-way if you need him to. I think he's plug-and-play on just about every team in this league. And that has a lot of value. Um, and uh, yes, it would help out this year. And then obviously you hope, 
let's say things work out for your your you know Seattle Kraken team yep. a little better than the real one uh maybe you can parlay that into keeping him around because he's excited by all that he sees the fan reactions i do think you know in a lot of these scenarios based on how the fans were if there was a little bit more success those fans would be even that much more um you know extra or whatever you want to call it and i think you would be able to retain some guys but um i i just I've loved, he's another guy I've kind of loved, you know, ever since he joined the league. I've just loved his style and the versatility that he brings. Just, you know, speed, scoring, defense, like it's all kind of there. And you can never have enough of those guys. Agreed. So that'd be my pick. I like that one. That's uh, where I was going to. So all good there. Chicago Blackhawks. This one (laughs) is, I think, one of the more talked about ones that we've, you know, at least throughout the year that you've talked about specifically. Yep. And and this pick is the one I've probably been most critical of. Yeah. Because it's just so night and day. To me, mm-hmm. there, there's really no two ways about it that this was a poorly handled pick. Um, the Kraken ended up picking John Quenville uh, from the Blackhawks. He was a UFA. They just let his contract expire. So essentially picked up nobody. Uh, and doing it over again, I would make the same pick that I would have made at the time, which is Nikita Zadorov. Mm-hmm. Um, I like what he brings as far as his style of play. I mean, I know he's just, you know, had a uh, potential suspension conversation here. You know, he escaped suspension, but it shows you how valuable that is in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but and it, that aside, I think he's some guy you could definitely flip right away yes. because he was traded a week later for a third round pick. Mm-hmm. And you can, if you can draft a third round pick, it, Rather than drafting nothing, you do it. <laughs> Simple as that. Exactly. I think I would have taken him. I would have tried to make things work with him. I've, I again, kind of another defenseman I've always liked. Big physical guy can be nasty at times. Like, as everybody's seeing right now during the playoffs, like you said, that is very valuable. You want guys like that on your team. Um, and and he's not bad moving the puck either. And, and right. that, that plays into it too. Um, I, yeah, I would, I would have taken him, you know, just anyway, just to try to make it work. And then, yeah, if, if you have too many defensemen as we're drafting all these defensemen, uh, yeah, he's got value. You move him. It's as simple as that. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Not, not too much there. Colorado, RJ. Do you, do you, do you swing for the fences? Do you draft Gabriel Landeskog in hindsight? You know what? I do. Oh my gosh. Really? Yes. And here's my logic behind that. Now, mm-hmm. Dons- Jonas Donskoy was the pick from the Kraken. And it, it was a good pick, we thought, at the time. Obviously, the season did not work out for Jonas Donskoy that we had all hoped it would. No. Um, and, and so looking back at it, I, I don't think you make him the pick just given the $3.9 million cap hit, all of that. Um, I think it's kind of understandable at this point. But looking at the non-Donskoy options with Colorado... I mean, there's JT Comfer, who, I mean, at three and a half mil, I don't know that I like that. And really, there's nobody else. I feel like I'm not passing up on anyone when I take a flyer on Gabriel Landeskog. Now, I don't think he signs with the Kraken. I I still don't think it works out. So I'm not saying, oh, yeah, put Landeskog at at line one left wing. This is what you do with hindsight. No, but maybe there's a non-zero chance. 
That's at true. least you get to talk to him for a little bit. I don't think you're passing up on anything. You talked about this earlier about it's not the end of the world if some UFAs don't work out as far as getting mm-hmm. a deal done with them. So I'd pick Landeskog because there's just there's nobody else. Uh, there's two other people, RJ. Okay. And and I think, I don't know, to me they stood out right away. Is Brandon Saad one of them? Because it's the same situation. Brandon Saad is one of them, but it's a totally different situation in the sense that, A, he was actually going to leave Colorado, not just mm-hmm. go back and immediately re-sign with them the way I feel like Landeskog always was. And two, if you take Brandon Saad, sign him to the same deal that he got with uh, St. Louis, or sign him to the deal that you signed Jaden Schwartz to, because I'd rather have Brandon Saad than Jaden Schwartz at the end of the day. Certainly based on this last year when Schwartz had to miss so much time. Yes, and and I'm in complete agreement with you on that point. Um, so Saad would be another option. Now, I'm curious, who's the other one? The other one, and this is, you know, maybe this is thinking, okay, I'm re- actually thinking my team might be competitive this year, but mm-hmm. it's Belmar. Mm. Now, I thought about that, but I'm like, does he really go to Seattle over Tampa given it, it seems like he was really chasing the wins there. And I don't know that he could ultimately be convinced Seattle gives him a better shot at a cup than Tampa. It's one of those, you might have to throw a little bit extra money his way, or again, you're, you're promising more of a, a starring role than, than somebody else. But it's, it's one of those where it's, he helps your team. He's going to be a solid presence in your bottom six. If he does sign with you. And if things go sideways, you trade him at the deadline. You know what I mean? Like it's it's one of those you could make that deal with him where basically, hey, if we're not competitive, I will trade you to a competitive team at the deadline. And that probably seals the deal for you. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, so that would be another good option. But I think we're agreed we'd probably just go UFA and, and take our chances. Yeah, but I'd go with this. I think I think Brandon saw it. I think he'd be more useful to the team and a more realistic option than Landis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, all right, Columbus Blue Jackets, RJ, why are you going with Gavin Bayreuther again? I basically am. Um, <laughs> now, the Columbus pick was another much maligned one at the time, and I think we both talked about, uh, you know, wanting the Kraken to take Max Domi on the one-year deal, very little mm-hmm. risk. But as time has gone on, I- I've kind of come around to the idea that if you're trying to build the right culture and the right attitude on this team, from what I've heard, the Max Domi probably isn't the best fit for that. And I think there's also some evidence of that, given how little he ended up going for at the trade deadline this year. Uh, it didn't really match the, the skill that he has. I think there's got to be something there. So I've come around to the idea that maybe Max Domi would not have been a good pick. Now, if you're not going to go with Domi, uh, there, there's very limited options, and I think really that's is. why Gavin Bayreuther was the pick. I'm going to change it up just a little bit for fun. I'm going to uh, pick Nathan Gerby because, okay. one, he helps me satisfy the forward requirement. Two, he helps me satisfy the contract requirement. And three, he's really short, and I love those short hockey players. So Nathan Gerby's my pick. Hey, Kraken had good good experiences with the shorter guys this year. They did. It was, that's not bad. Uh, yeah, no, I know. It, the Max Domi thing, it's a kind of a, a bad situation and everything you have also had to take on that big cap hit too which would be you know difficult to deal with and it makes him more difficult to trade away if you you know want to do yeah. anything with him i agree would have stayed away um i wasn't entirely sold at him back back then either i don't know it's it's a tough one i'd probably go kevin stenlin yeah just not uh, too big a difference i think not no <laughs> first no. result 
Yeah, basically it's the same thing. So, uh, you know, younger, I guess. Yes, definitely. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> but yeah, there's Columbus was well situated to deal with this draft, we'll say. Yes, they sure were. <laughs> Dallas Stars, RJ. Um, I don't know. This one, I don't know how you could kind of go away with, uh, go away from what the Kraken ended up doing. Right. And, and I think the Alexiak pick w- was a fine pick. But given how I've kind of structured things and all the defensemen that I've drafted, um, I actually am going to stay away from Alexiak here. Um, given who else we have on this blue line, I don't know that Alexiak, for me anyway, the way that I picked this team, I don't know that Alexiak fits. And there are other kind of cheaper options that I think bring something similar. Um, so what do you think I did here? Well, that's interesting. So then are you saying you stayed away from the blue line entirely? Yes. Okay. Uh, Hero? Huh? Sorry? Tanner Hero? Hero? Oh, Hero, right? actually, that I had that for a little bit, but I changed it up. So that's a, that was a good guess. Okay. Um, I just wanted to see if you could uncover that this was the pick I went with the goalie, the third goalie, oh, just okay. to build the warm body there. All right. So ben I went with Bishop, Colton Point. <laughs> <laughs> That would have been fun. But uh, no, I went with Colton Point just to have a third goalie. I needed a third goalie. That's yeah. that's all it was. And I felt like Dallas actually this had is... less. You know, Colorado, if I could have gone with the goalie there, but then you're passing up on taking a flyer on the UFA. Dallas, there's nobody else. No, there isn't. I um, I would still go Alexiak because you signed him to a reasonable deal. Um, it's entirely possible that you could, I think, talk with him about doing a sign and trade type situation and potentially, uh, yeah, and, and get an asset out of it in that sense. So that's why it's, yeah. and I don't have him. a problem with that. It's just I, construction of the team. Yeah. Cause I, I just think he still has the most value. Yeah. Um, obviously has more value than just, I need a third goaltender. I just need someone <laughs> to play in Charlotte. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> Detroit, this one super easy for me. This okay, super super do, easy. Do we agree me. on this? Uh, so the original pick, by the way, was Dennis Chalowski. I think we probably would both go in a different direction. Yep, for sure. With hindsight, and I think that's for both of us is probably going to be Vladislav Nemestikov. Thousand percent. Yep, one of my favorite yep, I mean, players. Yep. I know you've liked him for a long time. He ended up having a 30 point season, was a really useful player for Detroit and then later for Dallas. Um, yeah, just all around good pick. It was kind of harder to see that at the time. Um, I think you did mention his name at the time, but, uh, definitely wasn't, uh, you know, coming off the kind of season points wise that he was this year. So hindsight helps us out a little bit. I think we both go to Mesnikov. Yeah. And you know, He's got the, he's, yes, he had the point rebound, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I want guys that hustle as much as he does. You know what I mean? Like we talked about, you know, Carson Kuhlman so much with the Kraken, you know, the second half of the season that we would have been saying the same stuff about him all season, Nemestikov, if he was playing for this Kraken team, because the dude just hustles and he just skates his heart out every single shift. And I love players like that. Absolutely. Can never have too many of those. Exactly. So I think as you're starting a team, you want to build culture, all that kind of stuff. You want guys in the locker room like him. So mm-hmm. definitely go on that with him uh, from Detroit, Edmonton Oilers, RJ. Can you talk no. me out of taking my boy, James Neal? <laughs> yes, I can, because pointing out the actual pick was Adam Larson. Yeah. And I don't think you would want to deviate from that. I certainly no. wouldn't. 
uh, to quite a reasonable contract. He's a minute munching defenseman. We saw how valuable he can be this year. And especially because there was really nobody else with these UFA signings that they did there. There wasn't a whole lot of other options under contract, I think, with Dallas and Edmonton. Um, so, yeah, I would go Adam Larson. Yeah, same here. It's easy peasy. Pick pick the Kraken's iron, man. Not hard. Exactly. Yep. Out of Florida. Yep. Florida Panthers, RJ. You, you sticking with with Driegs? Yes, I actually am. Uh, I didn't mind that goalie plan, you know, with, with Trigger being the supposed starter mm-hmm. uh, at the expansion draft. I think the Kraken should have probably stuck to something more similar to that. Um, and I didn't see anyone with Florida that really uh, convinced me enough to move off of that, especially given where I was planning to go elsewhere in goal. I still did want someone who had put up numbers as good as Drieger had mm-hmm. in the past. I think without him, you're you're really getting thin at goalie. And you know me, I don't yes. mind that, but you're getting dangerously thin at that point. So I'm going to stick with Chris Drieger. I am too, just because of, of the goalies available to you in this expansion draft. I mean, that's the one. And so, you know, to be like, it just makes the most sense. That being said, do you want to shout out to... Uh, Frank Vetrano, good player, good season, would love to have him uh, and somebody that you could have flipped at the deadline if things weren't going your way, as Florida did this year. But you you got to go with Driggs, I think. Yep, I, I agree. And and shout out also to Rod Kogudis, who we talked about a lot yeah. for the expansion draft. I think there were some, you know, some decent options here, but goalie-wise, you're not going to find a better one. Yep. Los Angeles Kings, RJ. You going goalie again, Jonathan Quick? Wow. I thought about it for a couple seconds uh, <laughs> before dismissing the thought. I, I don't know that he really has the rebound that he that he does uh, this season not. in L.A. if he's with Seattle. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to pass on the goaltending. Uh, the original pick was Curtis McDermott, which I did not like at the time. I don't think either of us did. Uh, his only real value just comes from punching faces. Mm-hmm. We figured that would we were kind of hoping he probably wouldn't spend a lot of time in the Kraken lineup. Uh, I guess we got our wish there because he was flipped for a fourth round pick yeah. before the season started. Not terrible, but I think the Kraken could have done better. Uh, and I would go with Andreas Athanasiu. Yeah. He ended up having 17 points in 28 games this season. It's a 50 point pace. I, I, I like his game. Uh, he's a speedster. He's got goal scoring ability. You talked about players who just score goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is one of those guys. Uh, and I don't think he's as bad defensively as as sometimes, you know, people will say about him. Uh, so I think he would have been a good fit here. That's who I would have gone with. Yeah, I've always felt like he's kind of gotten a little bit of a bad shake when it comes to that kind of stuff. Just given the teams and situations he was in, it was like, all right, but like, look at everybody else he's playing with. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you can make a lot of these same arguments for them, too. Um, I, for sure, going Anthony to see you. I've, again, another player I've kind of liked uh, around the league for a little while. thing I love about him the most is that he'll he'll go to the net to score goals, but he's probably the quietest player in the league to do it. Like mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's just, oh, he's scoring off this weird rebound because he's just standing there and he's so forgettable. You just forget he's standing there like nobody notices him. That's a strategy. I mean, you can either bully your way to the front of the net or you can just kind of get lost. And I do like players who just have this way of getting lost. Yep. It's a really valuable asset. And um, he's always kind of had that right there net front, which is extremely hard to do. And part of that's, you know, he's not screening the goaltender. Typically, if you got somebody in front of the net like that, you'd rather him screen the goaltender than just wait for the odd rebound. But 
he cleans up there and and um i think he's valuable that and need to start drafting forwards <laughs> yeah exactly you gotta get around to that at some point <laughs> that helps too minnesota wild all right rj there's there's three seattle kraken on this list that i'm looking at here did you go with <laughs> did you go with one of them Yes, I did. I did go with one of them. Okay. And I went with the one that Ron Francis originally picked because I think he got this pick completely right. Yep. Spot on. Carson Soucy uh, had a great season, I think, better than a lot of us even thought. Even those of us who were high on him. Uh, Soucy's got to be the pick here. As much as maybe uh, you'll try and talk me out of it with Victor Rask, as you did at the time. I know you highlighted Victor Rask, but uh, I think Soucy was probably the better pick. Yeah, he is the better pick. <laughs> like, hindsight, everything, like, it's the better pick all the way around, for sure. Carson CC, uh, yeah, no no reason to talk about it. Marcus Johansson, you know, wouldn't be a terrible pick UFA, though. Just go out and sign him like he did. There's no reason to, to do that. And um, Victor Rask, I know he was good. I enjoy him a lot. I've liked him for a long time. But um, when you get to lock down a defenseman as good as Susi, with the years of control, you got to take that. 100%. All right, Montreal Canadiens. Where, where are you going here, RJ? Because I've, I've got a, a good pick for them. Why didn't they pick Carey Price? Oh, no, how horribly we regret it. Oh, yes, <laughs> so much. If only we had known at the time when I we know. said it would be a bad pick. Okay, we'll, we'll yeah. let that one go. Uh, not picking Carey Price, definitely a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I am going to deviate from the Kraken's original pick, which was Kale Flurry. Yep. Um, and I'm going to go with uh, Brett Kulak. Okay. And, yep, because Kulak is another one of these defensemen. I know I'm drafting a lot of them, but that you could potentially flip. Uh, he ended up going for a second round pick at the trade deadline. Um, so I think there's definitely some value there. Um, and again, if you want to keep him, I, I think he's done a good job. He's, he's looked pretty good with the Oilers, uh, you know, through this playoff run too. Um, now I, I, is the name you're going to say Philip Dano? It is. Okay. Make the case that he would come to Seattle. That's the thing. This might be my Gabriel Landeskog. Okay. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't feel as confident. Like Brandon Saad, I feel like you could have signed him. I don't know that you could sign Philip Deneau, at least without not you know, grossly overpaying him. Uh, that being said, he is, in my opinion, by far and away the best player on this list. And sometimes when one name is just so much better than all those other ones, you got to go for it. And I think that's the case here. We obviously, we see what he can do in the playoffs when you put him into a shutdown role. He just makes other players not exist. It's incredible. I don't know how he does it. It's amazing. He does it without getting into penalty trouble. Absolutely incredible. And then we saw, you know, when the Kings put him in a situation to, hey, go ahead, play offense if you would like to. And he just goes out there and he scores a bunch of goals. He becomes this focal point for the second scoring line for the Kings. And it's just, you know what I mean? Like he just flexed that hey, I'm a complete center. I don't just play defense. I don't just drag teams to Stanley Cup finals that don't belong there. Um, and and so in all those things put together, again, talk about starting a new franchise, wanting to build good culture in the locker room. I don't know that you could do any better than Philip Deneau. So I just think all those reasons, I take the, I take the flyer on him and I try to see if he'd take six, maybe six and a half a year and sign. Yeah. 
and he's had a fantastic season. I, I can't argue with any of what you just said. Uh, you know, as far as his play, he's been fantastic. Uh, would love to have him on the Kraken, and certainly if you could get him to sign for any kind of reasonable amount, mm-hmm. uh, that would be the best use of this pick. Yeah, I don't know that you could just because LA LA made I guess such a, a good deal with him too, and clearly they. Uh, must have sold him on how they were going to use him because it's been the perfect fit mm-hmm. for him. Uh, and, and if you're Dan O, certainly with this hindsight, I think you, you don't want to do anything differently. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I can respect that pick. Uh, given that I'm taking the shot on Landis Gog, you're taking the shot on Dan O. Yep. So that's that's my choice there. Nashville. Preds. This was the toughest it's, one for me personally. It's very tough because, like, you know, we talked about them at the time, right? Like a guy like Matt Duchesne, do you maybe do that? See if you can see if you can get him to find his stuff again. He did this year. Is that what you're doing? <laughs> you know it is. All right, is. let's go. Because I, I said very much, no, do not pick Duchesne or Johansson. You don't know that they can get their stuff back. It's too mm-hmm. big of a risk given the contract. But. I don't know what more Duchesne could have possibly done to to convince me uh, that he he has it back. 43 goals, 43 assists along with it, 86 points on the season. Um, Yes, you know, the eight mil is until 2026. That's probably longer than you want to go Mm -hmm. uh, with a contract. But you look at a 40 goal scoring center and, and you look at what the Kraken were missing this year. And you have the chance to do that right away. I I I don't know how you say no to that. I I don't have the heart to, to say no to that. Um, I, and and eight mil isn't that bad. Um, I mean it's it's a lot. It's not great. <laughs> it's not great. But if you can even get close to that production, if he can just be even be a thirty goal scorer for you for a few more seasons, um, I I, I think that's the right pick. So it is dangerous, but. Mm-hmm. If you can get that production, you just got to do it. I, I think you do it. I think you just count on the fact of, look, there are ways of making contracts disappear later if we absolutely have to. Try to figure something out like that. I think you take Duchesne. I think you look at, at everything and you say, well, you know what? Looking at it, seems like it's just a Nashville problem because until he went to Nashville, he was still a 30-goal scorer. So, mm-hmm. you know, just change the scenery. Let's go for it. You know what I mean? And then you give him the change of scenery. He hopefully bounces back the same way that he did this year in Nashville. And yeah, Kraken are a completely different spot in the standings if you have a 40-goal scorer on this team. Like, completely. For sure. Uh, So I I take the risk there. And it's tough because there are some other good options, too. I mean, Cal Yarncroke was not a bad pick. He wasn't. No. I I still like Cal Yarncroke. I still like all the things that he can do. For any team, the versatility there, the two-way play, all that stuff. Um, we saw, you know, they missed him on the PK, the Kraken did, when he left initially there. So uh, I like all that stuff, but the the chance to have what Matt Duchesne can bring, you just got to take it. Yep. All right, New Jersey Devils, RJ. This one, um, wow, there's like no attractive names here. Agreed. Uh, I could not find anyone. Goalie else. time! <laughs> <laughs> I know that that might have been an okay one. Uh, actually, oh, okay, looking at this now because I I had already had the goalie thing figured out. If I could go back and change, it, I probably would take Scott Wedgwood yeah, as that's, my goalie. That's I should have done thinking. that. Okay, move the Dallas pick to Tanner Caro. Move this pick to Scott Wedgwood. Um, but otherwise, I just went with Nathan Bastion because I couldn't think of anything better. 
Uh, yeah, no, that's uh, it's Wedgwood for me. That one's that one's an easy one. This is where you get that second goalie. That's, that's all right. You, you you win this one because I I did not consider that. So, <laughs> and you know that's a good like backup to have. It is. No, he's actually he's actually pretty good. I mean, what he's done with Arizona on that team and then Dallas, like I've been impressed. Yeah, so I, I feel pretty good about that one. Um, all right, New York Islanders. Do you, do you go Jordan Eberle and, and see if with Duchesne find some magic there? Yeah, I do. I, I think that, uh, I mean, he, geez, he was productive enough on, on this Kraken team that was just kind yeah. of barren of goal scoring or guys to help him out. Uh, I think he would do even better on the team that we're assembling now. Um, and yeah, just thank the Islanders for, for still exposing him. I mean, you look at some of the guys they protected, you know, Matt Barton and Cal Clutterbuck <laughs> over Jordan Everly. Okay. I know uh, that that has not aged well. Okay. Um, so I, I just say thank you very much and, and take Jordan Everly and, and move on. Yes, I was just looking to see what your other guy, Josh Bailey, did this year. 14 goals, 44 points on that Islanders team. That might not be the worst thing in the world. Um, yeah. Just to see if if maybe that was a slightly better way to go. I don't think it was. Yeah. Jordan Everly, come on down. And uh, with that on my team, we just passed the salary cap floor. Yay. Congrats. <laughs> We're compliant. Yay. Uh, <laughs> New York Rangers. This one, taking a look around. This was mm. the easiest one for me. Oh, yeah? Well, what, may, maybe the easiest. It, I don't know. It was close. Because the Rangers, I remember at the time, were one of those teams were like, there is nobody aside from Colin Blackwell who we couldn't believe was exposed. Yeah. And and Colin Blackwell was the pick. I'm yeah. so happy with that pick. I mean, we we both like Colin Blackwell. The other name you did mention at the time was Barkley Goodrow, mm-hmm. uh, trying to go sign him. I don't think that would have been possible because remember they had traded for his, uh, his yeah. rights so they could talk to him. I think Goodrow was always going to the Rangers. Um, I, I don't think that you really have a chance to sign him there. We did have this kind of fantasy about, look, you draft Yanni Gordon, the expansion draft, you see if you mm-hmm. can convince Barkley Goodrow to sign. And then once you got those two, you talk to Blake Coleman in free agency, see yep. if you get the whole line back together. And as fun as that would have been, I just don't know that it was in the cards. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, the only reason I'm hesitant about Blackwell instead of going all out for Goudreau again and taking that flyer mm-hmm. and going with that is just because I feel like on this redraft, you already have like Nemestikov. I already have Andre Kasha. Like how many of these guys do you really need? These kind of top nine guys that are just going to go out there and be like effort hustle guys. Like at some point you need something beyond that. And I know right. that Barkley Goudreau is probably not the best example I could make as a time to deviate from that. But well, see, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, but um, that's that's the only thing. But I'd still go Colin Blackwell just because it's gonna be cheaper. Yes, yeah, for sure, cheaper, and and the term's gonna be better. Yeah. Um, only other name numbers wise that that jumps out to me is is Tony D'Angelo, but I don't think you you need to do that given that he signed a one year one million dollar deal. You don't want to take him here on that contract. No, it's it's the Max Domi thing too. It's like is exactly that the culture you want. You want that in your locker room, like right off the bat for a team that has to somehow build chemistry fast. Like probably no. Not. You you need a very strong culture kind of around that to bring him in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would not go there either. All right. The Ottawa Senators. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. 
I'm just like taking a look at this again. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah. So Joey Decord was the Kraken's pick there. Mm-hmm. It looks pretty good in hindsight. It does. Uh, given, given who else was there. But I am going to change it up here. Ooh. Uh, given how I'm constructing this team. Um, mm-hmm. because Drieger is kind of my only goalie at this point. Mm-hmm. I need someone else to be in a tandem with him. And, and as much as we've liked what we saw from Joey Decord at the AHL level, I don't know that he's ready yet. This past mm-hmm. season that just happened to split time. Yeah. So I'm going to take someone who I think is, and that's Anton Forsberg. Interesting. Uh, All right. He had a great season with the senators. Yeah. Um, he's someone that, you know, this is again, it's, it's a hindsight pick, uh, because, mm-hmm. No one really saw that that coming. Although I have always liked him. I when he was younger, I kind of maintained this guy could be a starter in the you NHL. Have, yeah, yeah. So you remember that from years ago. I, I've always liked him, and finally he came through with a really good NHL season. So he becomes the second half of my goalie tandem with Chris Drieger. Okay, I don't I don't hate that at all. I think that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I think that's and you're totally going fun. very cheap in net, which you know I like to do. Yeah, uh, I'm sticking with Joey just because even with hindsight. Uh, you let him have that amazing AHL year, and then you trade him this offseason to yep. some goalie needy team. I respect that pick. Yeah, so that's why I've got uh, I've got my backup goaltender already in Wedgewood. I feel pretty good about that. So uh, going going Joey here. Would love to bring in Matt Murray just so I could ask him. Okay, bud, we're the exact same age down to the day. What the heck happened to you? Why do you look fifty five now? But uh, the cap hits just a little bit too much. Yeah, I was say you pay that cap hit just to hear a one-word answer of Ottawa. I know, I know. <laughs> no, but you know what? I take this opportunity if you can to maybe make that phone call. Yeah, yeah. There you go. You, see, you have the rights to talk to. Yeah. Um, that's actually a good question. I'm forgetting. Did was Ron Francis allowed to talk to any of these guys, or was it considered tampering if he did? Uh, I know he was able to talk to the UFAs, but I yeah. don't remember if it was the guys under contract. Because I think that that would be like the one time you'd think you'd be allowed to. Right. As if, because yeah, you could talk to guys and be like, look, how much would you like or hate coming here? Yeah. Um, you'd think you should. Interesting. I don't I, know. I know. I just, I guess I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I don't know that we ever, we like ever heard about that. I don't know. Interesting one. Philadelphia Flyers, though. This one, let's let's right a wrong, RJ. For, for, forget what you did in the past. You bring Shane Gots to be here because he's got to be here. Now, as as much as I think the Kraken should have brought in Shane Goss to spare, you don't take him in the expansion draft because I you know. can get a pick along with him. Know. Uh, we, we know this because that's what the Coyotes did. Um, so I would have done that, uh, but not here. Um, and... Now, I mean, the real question also that we faced at the time was like, do you take a flyer on James Van Riemsdyk or Jakub Voracek? Yeah. Does this season's results change your opinion on that? Because actually, I think we were kind of favorable to JVR at we the were. time. We were. I mean, you know, maybe one of us more than the other. I don't actually remember. Um, it's possible I was because I was just, he's a goal scorer. He scores goals. That's what you want. Um <laughs> I don't know. I still don't think JVR would have been a complete disaster if you took him. He had 24 I don't think so either. Yeah. No, I mean, exactly. You have like 20 goal score this year on that Flyers team. Nine nine on the power play, like miles better than anybody else on the power play on his team. Put him on this team. I mean, he's light years better than anybody else on the power play. (laughs) 
Right. And the key is that the contract was only two years. So it's exactly you know, just one year beyond where we are now. So it wouldn't have been disastrous. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have done. I still I wouldn't do it knowing what I know now, because um, I think there's other better options. Like if I go for Duchesne, I can't go for JVR. True. Yeah, You can't do both of them cap wise. So I, I went with uh, Justin Braun. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Because yeah. good, low cost, def- third pairing defenseman mm-hmm. ended up going for a third round pick at the trade deadline. So he had some value there. Um, and when you look at the alternative, if you're not going to go with the big salary guys of Carson Twerinski, he hasn't really worked out that well, no. not even really scoring at the AHL level. Um, so I think you can do better. Uh, and Justin Braun would be my pick. Yeah, that's not a bad one. Um, I have, yeah, I have no idea what I'd do. Uh, like redraft wise, really looking at this, like this one's just a total stumper. Like maybe I take JVR and I try to make the money work depending. Yeah. But otherwise, it, it, otherwise, awesome. yeah, otherwise I just probably punt on this and I, and I do take Twinsky. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just like, <laughs> no, I, right. I know you maintain like, oh, it's a third round pick or probably maybe a fourth round pick for him at the time. It doesn't matter. But if I can do that as opposed to nothing, then I'll do it. Yeah. My only thing is, it like uh, like as far as my team right now, I've only got like two spots for defensemen left. Oh, okay. Well, you're going even more defense heavy than me. Yeah. So it's like I don't know that I can do that. Like realistically, what I would do is I'd finish out the rest of this draft and then come back to the Flyers. And if I've got yeah, the yeah, money, yeah. I take JVR. If I've got the defense <laughs> spot open, I take Bron. You know what I mean? Like that's what I do. Fair enough. So all right, that's that's that mess of a situation it's philly why they always gotta just be a thorn in my side um (laughs) pittsburgh penguins though rj yeah now is the time for for me to admit that i was wrong yeah um i i was against the brandon tanev pick because of the length of the contract Mm -hmm. um and i think that still could be a little worrisome when we get to the tail end of it especially given a major knee injury is also now on the card (laughs) um But uh, yeah, I would I would pick Brandon Tanev. He has just been the perfect fit in Seattle. And I guess I didn't kind of have the foresight to see just how perfectly he would mesh with the fan base at expansion draft time. But man, he's been such a great pick in that respect. What frustrates me about that is he's done that everywhere, RJ. I know. Oh, I should have been able to see it. I, I get that. I get that. I feel like there's a little something extra in Seattle, though. I do, too. Like, I, I think his... His effort level and everything and the character of the city. I I agree with that. But like, he's also just kind of been that guy everywhere. Everybody's loved him always. Um, That's, that's why Rutherford gave him that contract, RJ, because he just loves him. Yep. (laughs) Clearly just just works out that way. Uh, One other name, because I'm going Tanev too. One other name I would bring up though would be Evan Rodriguez. I know it's only on the one year deal, but I still think bring him in, give him maybe an elevated position in a lineup. See what he can do. He had a nice season in Pittsburgh this year. Looking back at it, um, maybe you could lock. Yeah, he him sure did. In. You know, you could and lock he... him in and at it like a cheaper price than you know what you're given Wenberg. And... Yes, no, he would be a better option there. Um, I, my only thing is, I it, it was such an out of nowhere season for him. It, it's kind of like Milano, where I, I just don't know if that production happens on another team. That's what scared me off. But we're saying, you know, Duchesne figures it out in Seattle. Don't worry about that. <laughs> just, just saying that we agreed on the At pick. least there was some indication in the past of like, that's what he is. Yeah. Yeah. Versus, um, yeah. 
the only other names Cody Cece, and I think I might have mentioned him at the time, but he was going to be a UFA, so there's no reason to draft him. You you mentioned him actually. I remember in that video you said, "Do not take Cody Cece." He was terrible that year, yes, but he's be- he was better this year, so it's okay. Yes, no, I've been impressed seeing him with the Oilers. Like I think I sent you a text the other day that just said, "Is yesterday. Cody Cece <laughs> yesterday?" Dot dot dot. Good. <laughs> um, yeah, he actually looks pretty good. Yeah. He was just, I don't understand it because I liked him pre-Penguins, hated him with the Penguins, like him post-Penguins. So obviously there was just something about Pittsburgh just did not mesh with Cody Cece. I guess so. All right, San Jose Sharks, RJ, take it away. What you doing here? Okay, this might be my most hindsight pick of the entire expansion draft redraft. So probably Uh, not taking true again then. Nope, not taking true. I'm going to take Jacob Middleton. And nobody would have seen this coming at the time. I mean, he was a career AHLer, and I'd followed the Sharks for a long time. So I had seen him the past few seasons, kind of what he'd done with the CUDA. Nothing stood out to me at all. Um, But he actually turned out to have a pretty productive season uh, alongside Eric Carlson as his D partner. Ended up being traded at the deadline uh, for Kapo Kakanen in kind of a strange deal. I think he could have gotten a decent draft pick, um, but the Sharks, I guess, wanted a goalie. Um, but yeah, I'd go Jacob Middleton because actually turns out he's good. Yeah, I mean, why not? I guess hindsight, I would just draft Ryan Donato. Just like save. No, why would you do that? Because you'd have to pay him over two mil. That's true. And you could have signed him for a near league minimum. Yeah, that's true. But also at the same time, like you just you save yourself a free agency headache. I guess I don't know how much of a headache he was there other teams jumping over to sign him. Plus, I get he needs to kind of hit that level of being like totally humbled of like not even qualified as an true, RFA. True, you're get right. You need the chip on shoulder. Dylan Gambrell, let's go. Come on home. Okay, that that could have been fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the answer. There you go. RFA for another year. It's all mm. good. All right. St. Louis Blues. You, oh man this one all right if you couldn't make this might have been the, the toughest the jvr contract work can you make the tarasenko with duchene contract situation happen i think you can and and that's what i end up going with uh because uh, if you can make it work cap wise and, and the thing is also it's again it's two years mm-hmm. um the, the duchene one is worrisome because it's it's a lot of term tarasenko i i the whole thing with tarasenko is Clearly, he's a good enough player to be worth selecting if he can get back to himself. And the only question mark was the injury, right? Yes. This is the one where hindsight helps you the most. Yes. Because you know exactly what happens with the injury. And turns out, it's best case scenario. The shoulder's fine. He can score again. And, like, that's all you need. I mean, if there, it doesn't matter what else happens. If you know the shoulder's going to be okay, then you take him and you don't even think twice about it. Um, so that's why I'm going to do that here. As tough as it was with some of these other options, because Vince Dunn was not a bad pick. No, it wasn't. and also hindsight tells you that Ville Husso is probably a say. starting caliber goalie, so you yeah. could go there. I mean, this this team had probably the most uh, tempting options to take of any team, and that's saying something. With Tampa coming up next, um, you could have a legit first line winger, you could have a top four defenseman, or you could have a starting goalie. Which one do you want? Yeah, it's. I don't know. I might go Vince Dunn just because I'm like running out of forwards. But I think you got to take the flyer on Tarasenko because you took the flyer on Duchesne. If you're saying I'm going for it, I need goals this year. The... Come on. 
Yeah. Come on. I mean, <laughs> exactly. I mean, those two, you know, just the two of them, at least, you know, based on totals in, in this timeline, give you 77 additional goals. Uh, that's going to go a long way. Yeah, it really would. And then I also signed Mike Hoffman in free agency. Yes. But I, I know you that. mentioned Hoffman's name at the time. I'm like, Dylan, you can't pick Hoffman. You're passing up on Dunn or whoever else. <laughs> I I know. But I have I think I've said every team should sign Mike Hoffman every year for the last, like, four years. Yes, you have. And, and every year he plays well, and then he's just like a free agent again. And nobody wants yep. him. I don't get it. What's wrong with poor Mike Hoffman? Oh, well. Tampa Bay Lightning. Eric Carlson. I know. Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, all right. Then are you still going Yanni Gord from the Lightning? Or is the cap situation getting a little tight for you? Uh, it's a little tight, but I can make it work. And and you can't pass up on Yanni Gord. No. Uh, knowing with the hindsight what he was able to bring to this team, to this market. Uh, and 5.1 is so reasonable for, for what he brings. Um, and we, you know, yes, we have Duchesne. We still need centers. Yes. Uh, so yeah, Yanni Gord, don't even give it a second thought. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, I know, you know, Blake Coleman, he's sitting there just, just try to As win him over in free agent, free agency, <laughs> just cause RJ would be fun. But, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's the only way Jan Ruda like him doesn't make sense contract wise to pick him up for one year. Like exactly. Not over. And not same thing with Palat. Yeah. Toronto. I mean, this one's easy. Like, right? <laughs> like, it's just, this is easy. Yep. Jared McCann, no brainer. Um, the only, I guess, question even at the time was just is his scoring uh, that he's put up in the past sustainable? Is he really uh, this scoring forward that he looks like he can be? And the hindsight tells us yes, he absolutely is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember on the video at the time talking about who they should pick. We both agreed on McCann. Um, and I was saying I didn't understand why uh, anyone would have, you'd have interest in Kerfoot over McCann. Because I said even McCann with his RFA, like his next contract mm-hmm. uh, after this year, it's probably coming out to less than than Kerfoot's three and a half, I said. Of course, I was wrong. But And then you cut me off and you're like, well, maybe. But if it comes out to more, it's because he was really good. Yeah. And you're okay paying that. So that's exactly what happened. Yeah, exactly. Because you look at Kerfoot's year this year, 13 goals, 51 points. That's great. But, like, look who he was playing with. Of course, you know, it's easy to accumulate secondary assists. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> On that team, for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, it's it's Jared McCann all the way. And like I said, yes, I, I'll never have problems paying guys if they've earned it for me. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those situations. And yeah, yep. knowing that he has that potential while still having the RFA status, you know, at the end of that first year, you got to take a flyer on that if you can. And sure. uh, it all worked out. Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, this one's interesting. It is. Uh, there's a lot of names, just volume of names on yeah. this list. They had a lot of exposed players. Yeah. Um, and looking through the list. No one really stands out to me here. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to stick with Cole Lind because I, I think we liked what we saw from him uh, in his limited time in Seattle. I think there's still a lot of promise there. There's nobody on this list that looks better to me. No, I don't think that there is either. I'm in the tough spot with this with my team, though, where I need to draft two more defensemen. And there's okay. three teams left. 
or I just go back up to the Flyers. And Have you already drafted defenseman. a forward from the Flyers? Yeah, yeah. Just change, I just I just changed the Flyers to a defenseman. All right, so there we go. That that fixes it, and I can take Colin. <laughs> yep, because so there is Colin, no one else. Agreed. Um, I know Holtby was kind of the trap yeah. uh, there hey, at the time. But we we both did not want to take him. Credit to Vancouver for entering this expansion draft with a thousand defensemen available, all on expiring UFA deals. Every single one of them expiring deal, only one of them an RFA. Yep, it's it's amazing how they're able to do that. The whole blue line was just contract up. Um, yeah, and they probably they could have even switched out the they could have even not had the RFA if you just exposed Tyler Myers, which I thought they should have done. Yeah. Now, so I, I went back up. Justin Braun is now my pick from the Flyers. One thing I will say, though, I know you're able to flip him at the deadline. Does he even see playing time for your team, though, realistically? Oh, Justin Braun? Yeah. No, I think he's one of the guys you probably flip right away. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're not able to get the, the inflated deadline price of a third, but you can get maybe a fourth or fifth. And I know that you're like, oh, that doesn't matter. But as opposed to Carson Twerinski... I'd rather have a fifth round pick flyer than than Torinsky. Well, certainly in hindsight, I think there's something to be said for somebody who's already gone through systems and worked their way up, like the odds of oh yeah, that certainly that's I'm, fourth I'm, or fifth. Yeah, yeah, I'm taking hindsight into account. Yeah. yeah. All right, Washington Capitals. Only two teams left here. RJ. Uh, first mm-hmm. off, like, do you have it up like where you're at as far as everything going going down? Yes, yes, I do. So I've got. Uh, uh, let's see. I've hit, I've hit all my forwards. Mm-hmm. I've hit the forward minimum, um, and I've hit the goalie minimum. So mm-hmm. I'm free to do whatever with these picks position wise. I didn't um, hear you hit defenseman minimum. Huh? You just said you hit forward and goalie. Did you hit defense? No, I said I've hit the defense okay. minimum, or maybe I didn't say it, but I have. All right. I'm I'm well ahead of that. Yeah. All right. Then where are you going with Washington? All right. Washington was an interesting one. The real pick was Vitek Vonacek, mm-hmm. uh, the goalie. So I'm not going to take him as as the goalie here because I already have my goaltending situation set up. And I think there's a better option. Now, Vonacek, of course, was taken by the Kraken and then flipped back to Washington for a second round pick You're... as soon as Grubauer was signed. Right, which is your whole scheme, RJ. It is my whole scheme. And guess what? You can do better. And this is why I was even critical of it at the time. Uh, although I will accept you didn't know Grubauer was going to be available. All of that. But they flipped him for a second round pick. But guess who got flipped for two second round picks five days later? It's Brendan Dillon, who, mm-hmm. yes, was available. So I take Brendan Dillon. I make that same trade with the Winnipeg Jets and I collect my two second round picks. You know, I have a complicated history with Brendan Dillon. Yes. <laughs> and I guess it's not even that complicated. I don't think he's good. <laughs> that's, that's been, and I understand that. That's been everything. But I I understand your logic. I need another defenseman. It's, it's what I'm doing too. Yeah. So even if you don't think he's very good, you should probably not have an issue with the Winnipeg Jets having him. <laughs> no. And speaking of the Jets, perfect segue. Last team all aboard Winnipeg. What you do? Yep. Well, they're going to need Brendan Dillon because I'm going to select Dylan DeMello. Okay. Um, I think a better Dillon uh, off of their blue line. Um, it's at least spelled I... the right way. <laughs> I 
yes, the 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 first name, uh, Dylan. I'm gonna take Demello because, and at the time, it kind of came down to Mason Appleton or Dylan Demello from this pick, and we were both really high on Mason Appleton. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we thought he was gonna potentially he's gonna be a middle six forward that brought a lot of energy. Fact is, he just didn't work out in Seattle. Simple as nope. that. Yep. Uh, the Kraken end up flipping him back to the Jets for a fourth round pick. Um, it just didn't work out. So I, I go elsewhere here. I and I think Demello is a good defenseman. You could probably flip him for a good pick right then and there if you want to. He's also someone I don't mind having on your third D pair if you want to hang on to him. Um, but that's who I go with. It's not a bad pick at all. Um, he's you know defensive guy you can rely on. They sure as heck did. I was just looking at his usage this year. 62% defensive zone starts for Dylan yep. DeMello. That's, that's, you know, those are tough minutes that he was playing for them. One guy I'd consider outside of that, Trevor Lewis. And I know it's UFA kind of thing, but like, I, I just, I want to say the name out there because it would have at least been somebody I would be targeting in free agency. Just as again, I like the idea of your bottom six centers being your anchors, kind of like Riley Shahan was for the Kraken this year. I would have maybe looked at bringing in a Trevor Lewis instead, just because I think he's that and a little bit more, certainly scoring wise. Yeah, and as a free agent, I don't mind it. Yeah, but I don't want to pick up on, I pass up on a guy with real value like Demello. Yeah, my only thing is Demello puts me over the cap, so I can't take him. Ah, there you <laughs> so go. So Mason Appleton, let's do it. <laughs> Run it back. back. Run it back. Let's go. All right. So that wasn't so bad, RJ. That actually turned out to be pretty fun. I think so anyway. Ah, there we go. I told you. We'll see what everybody else says because, you know, maybe it'll just be like us drawing on and on and on about these guys. Yeah, that's true. I suppose that is what matters. Hopefully you all enjoyed this. Yeah. Um, I I feel pretty good about my team being... um, well, as good as the Kraken were in our real timeline, I think if you could, you know, do the Hail Mary of getting Philip Deneau in, match him with Duchesne, and, and you got your top line of Duchesne, Eberle, and uh, Tarasenko, mm-hmm. all of a sudden that looks yep. a lot better. Philip Deneau, your second line center. Yanni Gord, third line center. It's a good team. Yeah, Dano adds quite a bit to this, and I, I, I of course, didn't have him on this yeah, team. No, I, I kind of so. mapped out the lines, and I'm looking first line. I went, like, I guess, and, and kind of ignored chemistry here, but uh, Niederreiter, Duchesne, and Tarasenko. Second line, Athanasiu, McCann, Everly. And then Tanev, Gord, Blackwell, third line, as it should be. We know that one works. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some combination of, like, Nemestikov, Lind, Bastion. You need a setter. But sign Riley Shea and have him center that line. This, this um, is where my pick of Kevin Stenland comes through for you. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to go Trevor Lewis. It um, could be Trevor Lewis in free agency, but just looking at the guys drafted. Yeah, but but the real asset here is the defenseman. I've yes. got 13 defensemen. All of them are NHL level defensemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can trade these guys. I've kind of just mapped it out here. Like um, you could trade. Uh, Zadorov, Braun, Labushkin, Kulak, Lausanne, and Brendan Dillon, and still be left with seven NHL level defensemen. And then just going off what they actually went for in real trades over the next year, you'd have five second round picks and two third round picks to play with to go out and get whatever it is you're missing needs wise. Right. Um, I have so I have one question, RJ. 
Yeah. And I'm asking you specifically because you're the best person to ask. After all, you went to USC with uh, what was your degree in, by the way? Uh, economics. Yeah, that's right. Um, so your situation has them with 13 defensemen, which is a lot. And and everybody knows you can only have how many on your act on the roster come from the start of the season, RJ? Eight, really. Yeah. So mine mine is nine defensemen, and realistically, Jacob Larson from the Ducks probably not an NHLer. So you're probably mm-hmm. sitting with the eight that you have. My only worry in your scenario is you have all these defensemen. You're now flooding the market with defensemen because you're making so many available and you have zero leverage because everybody knows you have to move like six of them just to like exist. Right. And and I did think of that. Now, my two counter arguments here. One, Vegas got themselves in the same situation. They still managed to get decent returns for some of the defensemen that, that they had to let go of. That's one. And two, the returns that I'm going with here from the trade deadline a lot of times they are also in situations where the team had zero leverage because the guy's contract was expiring at the end of the year. If you hang on to him, you lose him for nothing. So I think there's also a lack of leverage in that situation. The The leverage and, and the, the price being higher comes from the fact that, okay, if if you're a team looking to acquire the guy, if you if you don't get the guy, someone else will. That's what brings up the price. And and I think like in, in the Brendan Dillon situation, like there were still these guys that were on the market. Um, the Jets just saw their guy, wanted him and, and were willing to pay the price. Yeah. And that like one example, because I, I just think the the deadline ones, while you're right as yes, the contract's expiring, you don't have leverage. But the other side has the leverage of we're trying to win a cup this year. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily know that what their situation is during the off season, which is why we see these guys flipped at deadlines and not over off seasons as much. So that would be my only concern there. And it's like, Hey, you don't want to miss out on this guy because then I only got five other defensemen that you'd have to choose from. Like it's, it's, it would be a weird way to negotiate. (laughs) Right. And so maybe you don't get as much as these other returns turned out to be. I think Dylan and Zadorov, since those happen within a week, probably happen in similarly. Yeah. Um, so those two seconds and a third, I think, are pretty safe. Yeah, I um, agree. Yeah, so leaving you with like Braun, Labushkin, Kulak, and Lozon, and and you know Lozon, you could probably you know hang on to like because you know he's an RFA, you got team control. But let's let's call them third round picks. You still get some decent assets, and you can use those, or you can trade them for a player that you need. Yeah, it's the it's the stuff like like Braun. I don't know that you get a good return. And I, I even mentioned, I yeah. said, maybe it's a fourth or a fifth yeah. if you move him right away. Yeah. But that's compared to Carson Twarinski or yeah. kind of nothing. Oh, I just, I just got to bring it up. You feel free nope, to poke holes in my amazing, <laughs> un, you know, debatable <laughs> roster. For sure. No, we got to keep each other honest. That's how this works. Yeah. I just, you know, if you're going to draft 13 defensemen, you got to whittle that down by five, at least. <laughs> yes, you do. I want to make do. sure you had a plan. That's all. Um, all right, everybody, let us know down in the comment section, uh, you know, what you would do, all that stuff. I'm going to throw a curveball at you here, RJ, as, as right. you know, I want everybody to leave comments, obviously like this video if you're watching on YouTube, all that kind of stuff. Uh, throw you a curveball. We, we didn't do Kraken News to start off the podcast, mm-hmm. right? So what I'm going to do is, because uh, there was Kraken News from this past week via the draft lottery 
Kind of got to mention that one uh, and maybe talk about it a little. So what I'm going to say we do is that we record it now and then I'll just cut it out and put it at the beginning. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So so that it all lines up with what's going on. Do Do you feel good about that? Yeah, I feel okay about that. Your editing skills are pretty darn good. I will see if you can cut this in a way to make me sound ridiculous or dishonest. <laughs> I, I believe in you. What, what are you going to do? What, what do you mean? I'm just, all I'm really doing right now is I'm stalling for time so I could set up a good transition so that we can have fun here at the end of the podcast because everyone's hearing this conversation because I'm definitely leaving it in. And then Perfect. also have it like segue back at the beginning, but I don't remember what we talked about, <laughs> like the cold open yeah, what did we... thing. So that's that's <laughs> what I'm doing. It's okay, right. perfect. Anyway, for all of you hearing this conversation, it's just going to cut to the outro. All right, when whenever <laughs> I like, you know, snap my fingers or whatever. Um, but I, I I'm happy that you all got to hear how our process works because it's a good one. It sure is. <laughs> You can't get any better than Dylan coming up with stuff on the fly. I'm just, we have to. Like, it's, it's, it's our responsibility to talk about this. So um, let's go ahead and, and head back to the to the beginning. You ready? Yes. And just like that, RJ, we are back for the outro. I have, <laughs> as, as far as I know, you're like, what the You heck? just gave yourself another cut to make? Well, I was always going to have to because we needed to record the outro. Remember, I oh, said when right. I snap my fingers, they're going to see the outro. So no, that's right. What's what's incredible is how fast I was able just to go from one to the other, in in ways that that you know work, and without leaving massive pauses. Maybe I'll just leave it like this, and everybody will just think we're crazy. You know, that's that's a solid option. It's a solid option. <laughs> like they don't think that already. Just to show our skills. I don't know. Um, no, but the seriously, I'll probably cut it. Maybe. And uh, just want to thank everybody for joining us. Listening to that. I know, I know. <laughs> just want to thank everybody for joining us. Um, yeah, that's another reason to leave a comment. We know the comment section's already filled with the expansion draft and everybody hating on, you know, RJ's defensive picks and everybody hating on, on what was the thing they were going to get mad at me about. I don't even remember. Um, it's always something, though. Um, well, just go ahead and, and talk about whether or not we left the cut. Let me know down in the comments. Did I make the cut or not? find out <laughs> all right thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the deep dive had a lot of fun on this one hopefully you all enjoy it exciting week you know round two of the playoffs just about to begin here excited for that we'll talk all about that over on the, the red glare side of things as we normally do but still excited to have so much cracking news going on and and just be able to talk about this team because it is just more exciting to talk about this team than some of these playoff teams like the Maple Leafs and their endless disappointments. Yeah, I mean, what more can you say? Yep, and that's how you bookend something, RJ, just like that. All right, thanks, everybody. See you next time.